When James Cook landed in Camay, Botany Bay, in April of 1770, his journal shows he took 40 spears from the beach. They were the first things taken at the first landing, at the first meeting. A year later, four spears were given to Trinity College at Cambridge and have been there ever since. And now after a decade of advocacy and work, they're coming back to country. Nolene, Nolene Timbury is the chair of the La Perouse Local Aboriginal Land Council and our guest. Nolene, welcome. Hi, Patricia. How are you? Good. This is a really interesting story. This decision has taken 10 years in the making. How does it feel to shortly have them back on country? You know what? I haven't been able to stop smiling since I heard the news. And it's um, it's wonderful to just be able to speak about it. So uh, now now we can start the real work of of how they get here and, and what we do with them. So, yeah, yeah, really, really happy. Explain to our listeners why this is so important, to, to bring those spears back to country. Why is this such an important passion project for you? Look, like you said in the intro, uh, Patricia, these are the first objects, the first recorded objects of having been collected and transported back to England. Um, there were 40 spears to begin with. Now we're... The, the four that Trinity have are the only ones that we know of that are still in existence. So there's a there's a, a lot riding on that. 10% of what was originally taken um, uh, are now the the only ones, the only sort of tangible connection we have. You, you said the hard work of figuring out what to do is now going yep. to start. What yep. is that hard work? Oh, look, that hard work is... Um, uh, look, we, we, we want to display them on country. Um, there are plans for a purpose-built visitor centre with an exhibition space in it. So that will be the end goal. Uh, that's still a couple of years away. But in the meantime, we'll work with uh, the Library's Aboriginal community. We'll work with our mob and, and we'll, we'll work out how we're going to store them and, uh, and, you know, how we can look after them in the meantime. So your relationship with the Cambridge Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology, who've been yeah. storing the spears, has been described as respectful and robust. So yes. tell me about all of this work. I want to hear the backstory. What's happened <laughs> to get us to this point? Tell me about this advocacy and what it's looked like. Yeah, look, there's been a lot of discussions with Cambridge. Um, I actually travelled over there uh, for a couple of meetings in 2017 uh, not necessarily to talk about um, repatriation or, or the spears um, specifically, but more about that, you know, just being very respectful of the fact that they've cared for these spears for, you know, 200 at the time, about 245 years or something, um, being absolutely respectful of that, just connecting to the spears and just being able to um, touch and feel them kind of thing. So, you know, that, I guess building on some of that and some of the the relationships that we've built built even deeper with Trinity through the National Museum of Australia, that's that's the robustness of the conversations that we've had. Just because we've, um, I guess, just tried to to make sure that we've got all of our, I guess, our ducks in a row, to make sure that we can look after them, that we've got the right support from the right institutions and the right cultural places um, that we can bring them out and we can continue to look after them for the next 250 years or more. 
Did the discussion centre around the cultural value of an artefact compared to the historical view of them? It's it's really interesting that you mention that because I've been thinking about that for a while now. And yes, the objects do have a historical value. They, um, as I said, they're the only there's, there's recorded history in in Cook's own journal about them. But there's a cultural there's such a high cultural value in bringing them back, having them in country connecting to our past, but also the fact that spears are still made in almost the same way. They just use different materials. So it connects us to that ongoing cultural practice as well. Um, But it's just where we came from in the beginning kind of thing. Can you describe the spears to me? You said they're made in a similar way, different materials, but what do these spears look like? Oh, look, they're wooden. I think three of the four are fishing spears, so they've got prongs on them. Um, and at the very tip, there's, I think, a bit of bone um, or shell, it might be, that's that's sort of the, the pointed part. Uh, they're probably about, I don't know, six, six, six to eight feet long, I think, from memory. Um, uh, and, yeah, I, I think on uh, a couple of them you can see a little bit of ochre. Uh, there's, you know, I mean... Uh, I don't know, what else do I say? Um, to us, they just represent um, a, a moment in time, but also our connection to a very, very long and deeper history. Yeah, a, a moment in time, but absolutely, there's, they, these, these are the spears of your ancestors, right? Absolutely, yeah. A number of groups have come together to make this happen. Who's been involved? Yes. Uh, so, of course, Trinity College, uh, the National Museum of Australia, IATSIS, the Australian Institute of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Studies in Canberra. Um, they, of course, have, have lent some experience around uh, how we how we request and ask for um, repatriation of objects. Um, the Land Council, of course, and Kajaka Foundation have representing the Aboriginal community at La Perouse. Uh, yeah, so we've, we've had a, a lot of conversations with a lot of different people and Bringing all of that together has been, one, exciting, but it's also been a a fair bit of work as well. Yeah, it sounds like it. So when do you expect to receive the spears? Yeah, that's the the question that I would really love an answer to as well. Um, uh, Look, I don't think it's going to be a particularly long process. I know that Trinity's just got to go through some, uh, has got a couple of more hoops to, to jump through just in terms of, getting some, I guess, a charitable approval or something. That, um, so they've got to get a charitable licence or something to to be able to um, transfer ownership. And then it's all about, I guess, some, some logistics around travel and, and and getting them sent out here. So there's mm. a couple of little tubes to jump through, but um, mm. I'm sure that's not the, yeah. And in the broader community, is there a sense of a... a Excitement. I don't know if that's the right word. Is there? Is there? Are people really engaged with this? Yeah, they are. With the when the spears were here last year, so last year they came up um, through the National Museum of Australia, we, uh, and they extended a loan for the spears to the Churchill Wing Museum in Sydney. And when that exhibition was on, that got a lot of interest uh, from the broader community just wanting to see these spears. Um, 
the historical nature of them is that they were the first objects taken, as you said, from uh, from that first meeting. So, you know, it's the fact that they're still intact. I mean, there are only four of them. Mm. Uh, the fact that they're still intact is a huge, it's a huge, um, uh, you know, it's a really powerful image and it's a powerful, um, they're powerful objects that uh, are, are really engaging. You are currently, I think, lending contemporary spears to yes. Cambridge. Will you yep. have an ongoing relationship with the college once the spears are repatriated? Absolutely, yeah, and that's that's been part of our discussions all along. Um, we were, we've always been really interested in connecting with the spears on a on an educational level because that also talks, like I said, it talks about how um, the continuing cultural practice and the and the way that they make the spears, there's a lot to be learnt from that. There's a lot to be learnt from how they made it in, in ancient times and how they're made today. So um, I know that Cambridge are really keen to to maintain that relationship and so are we, uh, just in terms of what that looks like. Well, a very special um, time for the community and it's been actually a really special conversation. Nolene, thanks for coming on the show. No worries. Thanks, Patricia. Bye. Nolene Timbury is the chair of the La Perouse Local Aboriginal Land Council, and that's in Sydney, the Botany Bay region. And you're listening to ABC RN Breakfast. Getting in touch with ABC RN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.